visit our new home, www.jrootradio.com. Good day, everybody. This is Parents B. Eichler, a.k.a. The Reb, the Reb with the cause. Thank you for joining the reb Let's Reb up and get moving to start the week. Actually, we're toward the middle of the week. <laughs> yeah, time goes so quickly. At any rate, I wanted to dedicate this broadcast to the speedy recovery of Ruhr Herschel ben Yaman ben Malka. Please have him in mind in your tefillas. My brother Tzvi Hirsch Halevi. Should have Rufu Shlema, should be able to continue to live and accomplish. This is Peretz Baruch ben Levi. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. So whether you're listening in Flatbush, Muncie, Mallorca, Lakewood, or all points in between, you can always reach me on my open coaching line, which is 848 or E-I-C-H-L-E-R media at gmail.com. E-I-C-H-L-E-R media at gmail.com for questions and comments. And don't forget, you can uh, tune in right here on JRoot. And don't forget to uh, to plug into the Lakewood Scoop where you can hear my reports and commentary as well. And there is a phone number that we'll get for you a little bit later on that if you want to just hear the show by phone, wow, that's an amazing application. You can do that as well. Right now, we're uh, talking to you vis-a-vis the courtesy and um, the privileged courtesy of JRoot Radio. And I want to remind you that supporting them is something which is to everybody's benefit. They are there for you. You can always call in and make a pledge, 718 They'll tell you how to get that pledge to their office. Remember, you are supporting, you're supporting a wonderful group that is bringing wonderful programming to you as Testified with the fact that you're out there right now listening and tuning in and hopefully making your day a lot better through all the great programming here at J-Root, of which I hope that this is included as part of that. Uh, I humbly submit that to you. As I said, I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. Did you ever notice, did you ever notice how a person rationalizes his or her own faults by blaming others for them? You've seen that, I'm sure, right? If you look in the Parsha in Toldos, my dear friend Rabbi Zeli Fliskin points out, on the Pasuk, Vayihi Yitzchak, Ve'in Arbeim Shana, that Yitzchak was 40 years old when he took Rivka, the daughter of Besuel, the Aramite, from Padan, from Padan Arum, the sister of Lovin, the... Rami, for himself, for a wife. Now, check out the Rashi. And we were just learning this morning with our beloved Rebbe Rabbi Opter in Lakewood, the halakhas about learning Shnayim Mikra Batargam is brought down in the Gemara and Brachas. Now, it may seem obvious to many of you, but for some of us, um, we may not have realized the, the vital import of saying and what that means. Saying the Torah portion of that week twice with Targum, and it's brought down Vaita in Alaha that actually a person should also learn Rashi as well as a fulfillment of um, 
of the um, the mitzvah to do Shtayim Bikram Batargan. any rate, uh, I don't want to digress. I mean, that's really that's really um, the essence of what we want to talk about in terms of this Rashi that raises the question that the information in this Pasuk about Rivka's background seems superfluous. And doesn't it? Think about it for a moment. The Torah has already stated that Rivka was the daughter of Basuel, the sister of Lovin, and was from Padan Arum. So look at that Rashi. Rashi tells us that this is to let us know the praise of Rivka Imenu. She was the daughter of an evil person, a real bad guy. The sister of an evil person, a real rasha, and lived in a community of evil people. Wow, daughter of a bad guy, sister of a rasha, and lived in a community of bad guys and ladies. Rashaim. Nevertheless, she did not learn from their evil behavior. That is saying something. Many people, now I'm not saying you, but I think we can uh, look into our souls and maybe look around us. Many people try to excuse their faults by blaming others as the cause of their behavior. Hey, it's not my fault I have this bad trait. I learned it from my father and my mother. They were like that. Nay, hey, I'm not to blame for this bad habit. They want my brothers and sisters to do it. Hey, what do you want? It's a neighborhood I was raised up in. Everybody in my neighborhood does this. So they don't do that. So how could I do any different? It's not my fault. They use this as a rationalization for failing to make an effort to improve. I love the the logo on one of the um, the the stores. I think it's uh, Lowe's that says uh, "Never stop improving." Never stop improving. As my good friend Gabriel Sanders said, you know what the biggest room in the world is? The room for improvement. Not just a cute statement. We've all got room for improvement. So we have to stop blaming everybody else. Our environment, the people around us. Just a rationalization for failing to make an effort to improve. Now remember, our raison d'etre here is to grow for greatness, to be the best that we can be every single day, giving it everything we got. Boom! A jet fighter pilot waiting to take off. Yeah, that's right. And we who learn Torah and Makayim Mitzvahs Bez Hashem want to pass that on to other people. But first we have to invest ourselves, invest it in ourselves, ingest it, digest it, and take off like a jet fighter bomber with a mission. And I don't mean a mission of destruction, I mean a mission of construction, a jet fighter bomber that will defoliate the area of sheker and nonsense and self-deception and just, um, what do they call it, carpet bomb, the world with Torah and mitzvahs of goodness and kindness and, and doing good and being good. You think that's a little too lofty? Do you think it's disingenuine? It's not. The Nefesh Chaim, and I urge you to go take a look at this. The Nefesh Chaim, which was written by Rukhaim Rulajan Zeketzarik Brachas, was Talmud Muvik of the Vilna Gaon, wrote this Sefer Nefesh Chaim, which we all know about. Now, in the Haddam, in the introduction, his son, Rukhitzak Rulajan, writes, and this is generally in big, bold letters in most editions of Nefesh Chaim. 
It says that his father would admonish him that it wasn't for himself, with the atzmo, bishvil atzmo, that a person was created, but to help as many people as possible, to help people, but kolakoikas, kolakoikas, you know kolakoikas means, means that everything you got with every ounce of strength, intelligence, and resources. Now, that means whoever you are, whatever you are, and that striving for ruchnius, for spirituality, that's what makes the world better. That's what makes us better. That's the true mark of success. Don't get caught up in all this nonsense about how much money you have to make and how many houses you're going to get, big decisions in life. Should I get a Lexus or should I get an Infinity? Come on. Do you think anybody remembers uh, or thinks about what type of house did Rebbe Akiva Eger live in? Wow. You don't know what kind of house he lived in. Who cares? You care about what Rebbe Akiva Eger stood for. After 100 years, nobody's going to care whether a guy built you know, a multi-trillion dollar mansion somewhere with, with five swimming pools and a tennis court in the backyard. That's not what you're supposed to do with your money. You want to enjoy it. You like to play tennis? You like to swim? Go ahead, do it. But that's not what a person's going to take with them forever. So, to get back to what I was saying, we can't use rationalization for failing to make an effort to improve. We see from Rivka Imenu that regardless of the faulty behavior of those in your surroundings, you, me, you and me, you and I, me have, I have. You know, that's okay, that's the rule of grammar, right? I, you and I, have the ability to be more elevated. Of course it takes courage and a lot of effort to be different. It takes courage. It takes effort. Now, a... A good person, a righteous person, might be considered maybe even a nonconformist. And maybe, maybe, maybe somebody might even say he's rebellious by those in his environment whose standard of values are below his level. That's why, a.k.a. Peretz B, is known as the Reb, the Reb with a cause, not a rebel against that which has shown, not to rebel as, uh, as we see those who did against the Kaddish Baruch no, we're loyal, faithful servants to Hashem, but rebellious against a society, an environment whose standards of values are below the level of what we know we have to be. In that sense, you're a rebel with a cause. But a basic Torah principle is that we are responsible for our own actions. Pointing to others in your environment who are worse than you, that is not a valid justification for not behaving properly. Now, if you ever find yourself saying, it's not my fault I did this. It's because the way I was raised. Hey, 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 I mean, you know, what do you want from me? Because I learned it from so-and-so. It's not my fault. I mean, I really didn't change. Change your focus to, I'll make a special effort to improve in this area, to overcome the tendency to follow in the footsteps of others. Because blaming others for your faults and saying that you cannot do anything to change them will be a guarantee that they will remain with you. So let's start today. Make a list of the negative traits you picked up from your early environment. And keep it to yourself. And then develop a plan of action to improve in those areas. A plan of action. Think about it and try it. Parrots B, a.k.a. The Reb. The Reb with a cause, right here for you. 718-683-5858. Or you can reach me on my private coaching line at 848-221-4605. Stay tuned for great things. Green lights straight ahead.
a.k.a. the Reb, the Reb with a cause, and the cause is you. Living a life of meaning, value, and purpose. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. 718-683-5858 or my uh, open line, coaching line, 848-221-4605, E-I-C-H-L-E-R, media at gmail.com. Your environment makes a big difference in where you're holding. We talked about the idea of letting um, your own values supersede the environment around you. But one of the things a person should realize, even if you are stuck in a negative environment, make an effort to get out of that environment. Keep a distance from negative influences. Now, I want to just tell you one quick story 
which I've mentioned to you many times before, and people who have listened to my broadcast know that this is one of my favorite stories. It's one which my father, Al-Vishon, used to tell us when we were kids, and I think it sustained us a lot through our, um, through our teen years in terms of not following the pack and making sure that we knew that we had to always do the right thing. Basically, the story goes as follows. There were three admirals that were on maneuvers out in the middle of um, the Arctic Ocean. One in, one in the... There is an Arctic Ocean, right? Uh, up, in, up around that, that area. And uh, obviously it was very cold and the waters were frigid. But they decided to have a contest to see who was the most courageous in, um, in the British, French, and American navies. So they had this kind of really foolish contest. And the way it shaped up was as follows. So the British Admiral says, I will show you that it is our navy that has the most brave and courageous people. Now I will show you what is courage. person that really has guts, as you Americans say. Reynolds, how high is it from the Queen Elizabeth? Oh, um, I would say it's about 350 meters, sir. All right, Reynolds. Climb up for the sake of the Queen. I want you to jump off. Now, what do you think the statistical probability would be of a person surviving? Oh, straight away he would perish so down in Davy Jones' locker. Well, I'd like you to go up, and for the sake of the British Navy, go up and jump off and show your courage. No, oh, aye, aye, Admiral. He jumps up. Long live the Queen. The Queen is still here, but he... No longer is. Then the Admiral turned to the other two and said, Now that's what I call guts. Courage. Well, the French Admiral's not to be outdone. Jean-Pierre, how is it from the Jean-Saint-Marie? Oh, I would say, Monsieur Le Capitan, that it is about um, 400 meters, um, definitely higher than that of the, the, the British. So for the sake of France, I want you to climb up and jump off into the Arctic Sea. Me, oui, me, Capitan. He jumped up every step, 400 meters high. Vive la France, he said as he plunged into the icy sea, no longer to be heard from again. Now that is what I call courage, that is what I call guts, said the French Admiral. Now, the American Admiral was certainly not to be outdone. Goldberg, front center. Ensign Schmuley Goldberg from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Rabbi Goldberg, or Ensign Goldberg, let me ask you something. How high is it from the USS Montana? Well, Admiral, it's about uh, 250 feet higher with our uh, radar tower than either the French or the British. Well, I'd like you to climb up there and for the sake of the American Navy to show how brave our soldiers, our sailors are. And Ensign, as a leader, I want you to climb up there and jump off. Is that understood? It is understood, Admiral. And I respectfully refuse that order. What are you telling me, Goldberg? This is uh, an order from the Admiral. You understand that? That's me. That means you follow orders. Now, you're not defying those orders, are you? Well, I'm, I am, Admiral, because it's not a time of war. And it's a purposeless, desultory, and absolutely foolish command. And I am not obligated to do that. Respectfully, I refuse, sir. You are dismissed, Goldberg. Whereupon he turns to the French and the British Admiral and he says, Now that's what I call guts. That's what I call courage. Why? 
because he understood that we have to stand up for that which is truly important. And even when it means that the rest of the world look at us askance, we have to do what is right. And the American Admiral really understood that. And he understood that's where real courage is. So we need to have courage in finding the influences around us. One of the things we need to do is to stay away from negative influences. Rashi cites Hazal, who say that when Rivka passed by the Torah study halls of Shem Ve'ever, Yaakov tried to come out. When she passed by places of Avodah Zorah, idol worship, Esav tried to come out. The question arises, we can understand why Esav tried to go to places of idol worship, but what about Yaakov? Before one's birth, an angel teaches him Torah. Why was Yaakov anxious to leave such a wonderful teacher? He's got the greatest Rebbe anybody could ever have right there. From here we see, said Rev Chaim Soloveitchik of Brisk, that if one has to be with a Russia, an evil person like Esau, hey, it's preferable to give up even the opportunity to study with an angel. Let's face it, we all know it. We are influenced by our friends. We're influenced by our environment. And it's crucial to keep a distance from someone who has a negative influence on you, even if it means some personal loss. So if you wonder why kids at risk or adults at risk do some of the things they do sometime, because they're hanging around the wrong people. Um, I mean, when I was growing up, one of my guidance counselors told my parents, I think he's hanging around with the wrong crowd. The only problem was I was a loner. <laughs> Just kidding. But my parents made it very clear. Parents, I want you to have good friends. If you want to know who you are, show me who your friends are. And Baruch Hashem, most of my friends were really very good. And the ones that weren't fell by the wayside. And I quickly removed myself from that environment. But it was very obvious from those guys and those, that Hevra, which uh, did not make themselves to be the nicest people in the world and were doing things that shouldn't have been done, they had negative influences on the people around them. But the people who were really smart, who separated themselves from them, just showed them, hey, we're not listening to you, Lush and Horror. We don't want to hear you junk. We don't want to do what you're doing. And you know what? They wound up respecting us. They made fun of us, but they wound up respecting us. So that's something each and every one of us can do to make sure that we remove ourselves from negative influences. Hoping that we're a good influence for you right here. This is Parrots B, a.k.a. The Reb, The Reb with the Cause. You can reach me on my talk line right here, JRoot, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Tell your friends, and you can uh, listen to us by phone, by app, by computer, or on the radio right in Brooklyn, New York. And we are here for you, JRoot. Make sure to send your contribution to JRoot. Call in your pledge, 718-683-5858. Parents B, a.k.a. The Reb, The Reb with a Cause, Rebbing it up for you to make sure that we are the best that we can be. Be all you can be. You are an MVP, the most valuable player in your life in serving a cottage Baruch A life that is filled with meaning, value, and purpose. That's where we are intending to go. Grow for greatness, parents be licensed by the state of awareness to live life to the fullest. Green light, straight ahead, stick around.
other day I lost my way Oi, oi, fabulonjet I didn't know Right, left, straight ahead or turn around Suddenly a voice spoke to me It was music to my ears It opened my eyes and calmed me down It was the sweetest word I heard The voice said to me My way, oi, 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 I didn't know. No, 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 no. Oh, right, left, straight ahead, or turn around. Suddenly, suddenly, a voice spoke to me. Oh, it was music to my ears. It opened my eyes and calmed me down. This is Parrot B, a.k.a. The Reb, the Reb with the Cause. And the Cause is you, a rebel against a life without meaning, values, and purpose. MVP, my new coaching program. And interestingly enough, as I've said so many times before, I don't claim to know everything, but you can't talk to me about anything. One of the, um, one of the notions that I disagree with strongly in mainstream coaching philosophy, which you may or may not know about, is that coaches are trained not to really take responsibility for the actions of their clients, not to take responsibility in terms of what they exchange between clients, and not to act, quote-unquote, in an advisory capacity, which I strongly disagree with. Well, there are many valuable things in the context of, of coaching to be able to elicit what would be a good piece of advice from within the person themselves. There are times where I firmly believe that that is not true or applicable. And, and I think the truth is, and when you look at people to whom we would go for advice, and I'm not talking about a social worker or a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but let's say in our community, going to, to a rug. Right now, a responsible rabbi will be somebody who has what we call the plates, the shoulders upon which to take the responsibility for that which 
they convey to somebody. They don't merely ferret out what do you think is the best thing for you, but oftentimes, because they can see things with a clarity and a, a profundity that that may not may not you know be within our grasp at the moment, they will be able to do that. Now, I can tell you among the great Gadolians like Rabbi Shain, you can be sure that when he went to him and he gave you advice, he wasn't just shooting from the hip, as it were, um, saying, oh, I think that's, you know, a good idea. He really looked into your neshama without a crystal ball, just with insight, prescience, and the das Torah that he had. And that, that speaks volumes about what it means to be able to give advice. Contemporary Rubain today, and I'm not talking about people that are considered to be Gadaliador, although those are the ones who we only seek out in the main. But there are many local Rubain that are great in their own right, who we can and should go to for advice. And that is more along the line of what I adhere to in terms of uh, coaching philosophy. And you have to be able to accept a certain amount of responsibility, and then you have to be able to give advice when it's needed and not merely allow somebody to ferret out the answer by themselves because there may not be time or they may not be able to do that. So I think there's an, there's an Indian of highest capability. Look, on Rum Kippur, we have to be very careful when, we, when we're talking about not giving good advice. It's one of the advantages that a person can be over, low or That's why we have to think before we give advice. That's why I think people like Rabbi Zelik Triskin are phenomenal coaches because they're willing to take the responsibility when they give you advice, and the advice that they give you is tremendously sound. I think people like uh, Mordecai Weinberger, who's a licensed social worker, he'll give advice outright and accept responsibility for it. And I think the, the mainstream coaching industry has to come along and accept that at some point. It's one of the issues which I'm raising with people in the industry. Um, and they know that I feel that way. It doesn't discount other things, which they do. I mean, they they have some very, very fine practices, things which um, can be applied and should be applied, which have real, real value to them. In fact, some of it actually um, merely echoes the what people like the Ramban said. You know, ask for advice and ultimately give yourself your own advice. The question is this, well, if you're going to ultimately do what you decide, so why are you asking other people's advice? Simple. Because Ramon tells us that there may be nuances that they will see, or things that we didn't want to bring up for whatever reason, or that we couldn't see, or that we were involved in personally, so that, that we just weren't capable of seeing it at the moment. And as soon as it's pointed out to us, we do see it. Anyway, the point I'm making here is that Everybody in Jeru here, whether they um, don the title or not, is a coach of sorts. I'll give you a great example. Zachariah Wallace is an extraordinary person in terms of everything that he does. I don't know, you know to what degree he has with that coaching certification, or whether he certainly has rabbinic certification, and he has life certification. And he would force pants many of the quote-unquote life coaches who um, profess to be able to help people and give you advice. He, you know, lets you know how it is. 
I think if you listen to um, Mordechai Weinberger, as I mentioned, who's a licensed social worker, if you listen to any of the rebellion, any of the rebellion, any of the people that get behind the microphone on, on a station like J-Root, they're taking responsibility for what they say. And you know what? J-Root knows that. And that's why they're very careful who's on the area. You should be aware of that. A tremendous amount of scrutiny goes into that. So know that anything that you're hearing here, I'm not telling you it's Tony Sinai, although we do quote Tony Sinai, obviously, right? But I'm not saying that everything that you hear was etched in stone. But you should know that as far as I know, everybody on the station, including myself, makes a very conscientious effort to distill every word that we utter through the prism of that which the Torah holds to be true. I can only tell you that is my raising that truth, and I hope that that comes across. For example, now here's a good example. Now, you know that I... I often quote and use very frequently of his own very Kliskin's writings and uh, and his and his shmuzim and his talk, which I think is really represented articulately, eloquently, profoundly, effectively in growth through Torah. And here's a great example. Here's a very very good example. We all have every one of us potentially negative tendencies, whatever that is. But we have the ability and obligation to use them in positive ways. Now, where do you see that in Parshish Toldos? And the first came out red all over, like a hairy gun talking about Asa, and they called his name Asa. So there's a Medrash Rabba that really Fiskin says, he quotes this. It relates that when Shmuel went to appoint David to be Melech Israel, he saw that David was Admoni, that is, of ruddy complexion. He became very frightened and said, hmm, he too would be a murderer like Asa. Isn't that amazing? That's what the Midrash says. That that's what he said. HaKadosh Baruch told Shmuel that there was no need to be afraid. When Asa killed it was in cold blood, but the Havdalah for Bella. David would only take a life to carry out the just decisions of the Sanhedrin. A night and day, worlds apart, different. So we see from this metric that when someone has a basic personality tendency, it is a mitzvah, it's a reality of his or her nature, and that he will be what he truly is. But here's the catch. If a person has free will to choose how his tendency will be manifested, right? If that's true, which it is, then you can make the choice. A person has free will to choose how this tendency will be manifested. Asaph's tendency is Nithia towards bloodshed led him, or he led it, down an evil path. Now, David, on the other hand, was a mighty warrior, would utilize his natural tendencies for higher, nobler, elevated purposes. And this concept is very clearly expressed by the Groth, going to Vilna, the Gatara, the Brachas, who so again, Elena. A person should not go completely against his nature, even if it's bad, because they won't succeed. What the person should do is really train yourself to follow the straight path in accordance with your nature. For example, 
somebody who has an inclination to spill blood, they just have that blood desire to shed blood, should train themselves to become a shaykh or a male. Now, I can tell you, um, many people, if not most, don't really have this desire or interest, even an inkling of an interest, in, in shedding blood or being a shaykh or being a male. The people that do are fully capable of it, and they're able to channel that drive into something kiddish. I remember asking Rabbi Scheinberg, a question about utilizing certain media. And his reply to me was, in terms of giving me a, um, a go-ahead to utilize it fully for Torah and for uh, things that are kosher, uh, even in the secular world, to use it in a way that could be effective as long as the means in the end were kosher. He said, a knife can be used to shaft or to do mila. But we all know, we all know, and have seen, that it can be used for something which is murderous, murderous intent, murderous intent, a coin. We know that brought down in the Midrash, that when a Kaddish Baruch wanted to, wanted to show Moshe Rabbeinu what the Machti Shekel would look like, took out a fiery coin from under the Kisya Kovit. And why, why a fiery coin? Because Alta teach us that money has aspects similar to fire. In which way? Just like fire can either destroy and devastate Lower Lenu, it can also be used for cooking and building and construction and to mobilize automobiles and airplanes can be used for wonderful good. The choice is ours, how we use it. So this lesson is very important, to use our potentially negative tendencies in positive ways. Are you dealing with something like that? If you have a negative tendency that you would like to try and channel in a positive way, well, you can talk to me about it. It's uh, 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. J Root Radio, the station that does listen to you. We're here for you. So give me a call, parents B, aka the Reb, wherever you are. Uh, we just sent out a notice to the Lakewood Scoop that uh, you can call in if you're out of the immediate FM listening area to listen to J Root. You can also get an app. You can listen online. Many ways to reach. The J Route destination. J Route, you're on the right route. Parents B, aka the Rev, the Rev with the cause. And as I have said and will continue to say, Yemir Sashem, I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. So what's on your mind today? 718 683 5858. By the way, by the way, this has uh, no direct connection to what we just talked about, but in terms of. Um, in terms of taking um, potentially negative tendencies and uses them in positive ways, uh, I'm trying to think of a positive thing that we can think about this recount. Then, what, what do you think about that? Do you think taking a recount of the the electoral college votes in the states that were designated by the Green Party and Mrs. Clinton? Do you think that's a healthy idea? Do you think it's a sound idea? Do you think it's an idea at all? What do you think about that? And what do you think it 
sense about those that are re- requesting it. 718-683-5858-718-683-5858. There has been by the state of awareness to live light the Ezra Shem to its fullest. Hi, how are you? Shalom Aleichem. Aleichem Shalom. How are you? What's on your mind today? Baruch Hashem. I'm okay. First of all, this is Erev Rosh Chodesh. I want to wish everybody Chodesh Tov and the Hashem to Nisim and the Lord bring Mashiach. I want to pray for all of us. Amen. Amen. Yes, everybody's Yes, what's on your mind? That's already great. This is going on a few years ago. I brought up in convention the rather acronym. Every Rosh they have soda and they bring up. So I spoke about it and nobody paid attention to it. And I brought up a question. If you have like 20 children, Bring them by the ocean. And from these 20 children, 10 of them, they know how to swim. And 10 of them, they don't know how to swim. And you bring them to the ocean and put them in the water. Which group do you watch? The 10 that they uh-huh. know how to swim or the 10 that they don't know how to swim? What do you say? I say that you got to watch the 10 that they don't know how to swim. But unfortunately, these days, the yeshivas, they have different opinions. Those children, they know how to learn Gemara. They have a good background with the halakha and the Torah and everything. They keep them. The those kids, those children that they don't have a good background and they are soft, they threw them out of yeshiva. As soon as the bar mitzvah, they have grown up men and they threw them out. And they, and they are surprised this uh, that they come out of the Terech, they go mostly at the end of the Shabbat, wherever you keep it, they go up on the city, they family. What? Well, I think you have, you have a very important point, and I think that the negative tendencies that kids might have certainly can be channeled in positive ways and People better think twice and three times and more before they throw anybody out the yeshiva. And concentrating to bring up the weaker kids to be at the level of the stronger kids is something that we need to enforce and reinforce both in the yeshivas and at home. Thanks for the call. Parents, be the ramp. Hi, how are you? Hello there. All right. So as we were saying, we have to use our negative tendencies in positive ways. And it's important to master our traits, to use what's appropriate in every situation. The Yaakov, Ishtam, Yoshev, and Ohalim. Yaakov was a straight person, Yosha, who sat in tents, meaning of Torah study. Now, Rashi, if you take a look at this, and I, I hope you will, because my operators reminded us this morning, it's uh, definitely... I don't know if it's a mitzvah derisa, but it is a recommended practice. You should ask whether or not it's a mitzvah derisa or it's a mitzvah per se. Uh, my understanding is that it is a mitzvah to do it. Whether or not you're obligated to do it is another question you have to ask your rabbi. But something that we should all be doing is doing Schneim Bikram target every week. So one of the things we can get on the case this week, we can do it, if you're not doing it, let's do it. 
Rashi defines the word Tom as a person who is not skilled in deceiving others. As his heart, so are his words. Yaakov was not called a Tom, but an Ish Tom. That is, he was a master over the trait of being a Tom. He was a totally honest man of great integrity. But in those situations when it was appropriate to use cunning strategy to accomplish something, well, he was able to do so. And this, said the Rebbe from Lublin, is the way we should be with all our midos, with all traits. And here's what, he, what he's getting at. A person needs to be the master over all of our traits. Even the most negative traits have situations when they're appropriate. Um, as Hazal tell us, whoever's compassionate when he should be cruel will eventually be cruel when he should be compassionate. A person fails to apply so-called negative traits in the proper times, that person will end up applying them when it's wrong to do so, as we have all have seen. And that was brought down by Rabbi Pliskin from the Sefer Gormane Shotoro, one of my favorites for him, Alexander Friedman, Hashem Avengers Blood, he was taken during the time of the, of the war, of the Muhammad, of the Shoah, and he left his beautiful swarm, Manishatara, one of them, which everybody should take a look at because it'll help you in your daily life. Now, one of the things which I talk about is whatever I tell you, I try to, to activate myself. And here's, here's a case in point. We talk about elevated thoughts, but it's vitally important to internalize the elevated thoughts that we talk about. So if I'm talking to you about growing every day, growing for greatness, you could be sure that I've thought about it and that I am attempting decision to implement this into my own life. And in fact, have and hope to continue to do so. So here's, here's that thought in a nutshell. It says, that Yitzchak loved Esau because he was a hunter in his mouth. Abba says, Yaakov. Why did he, why did he do that? Because Yitzchak loved him, sorry. Because Yitzchak, it says, Yahav Yitzchak, as Esau, he seed the seed, the Rizko Heaven says, Yaakov, she loved Yaakov. Okay, let's, let's try and understand this in a kind of a different light and see what it means to apply this, just as we're talking about, to work on the the internalization of the elevated thoughts with you and I. Okay. Rebellio Dessler cited the Uri, that it's out of the rocket, that it is a mistake to think that Esau was a complete hypocrite and just tried to deceive his father. If Esau made an error, there must have been good reason for such an error. The problem was that Esau the problem with Asa was that he kept all his spirituality, his rookness, the pet in his mouth without swallowing it. Therefore, he asked such questions as, how does one tithe salt? This was an external matter, and not something that would affect his inner being. He spoke spiritual words, but did not become a spiritual person. That is a mind-blowing thought. Are you with me? Therefore, said Rabbi Dessler, anybody only speaks ethical and spiritual words without allowing them to penetrate his heart and soul is a colleague of the evil Esau. 
And I guess that's kind of what I was alluding to before, about people that give advice but don't apply it themselves and don't internalize it. The essence of an elevated person is to be totally integrated, the integrated personality. And the Torah ideal that one talks about, which is what you and I are doing right here, has to be part of a very being. There are many different levels along a continuum. Some people are unaware of uh, you know, how far they are from actually feeling what they say. And that, that kind of person can say that he loves everybody so deeply. But a perceptive person can tell that, although he believes that he feels that way, he really doesn't, very far from it, in fact. It's not sufficient to just repeat words like a parrot or a tape recorder or a CD player or a uh, MP3 player. Whenever you learn a new idea, keep reviewing it. Hazard it over until little by little it penetrates your soul and your words truly become part of you. If you don't succeed the first time, try, try again. You think that's just an old, cute nursery rhyme adage? No. Take a look in the Parsha, and you will see these words of wisdom will come across your mental radar simply by looking at the passage which says that the servants of Yitzhak dug in the valley and found there a well of fresh water. Now, this home run, grand slam piece of advice that each of us, not that everything else wasn't important, but this one in particular, this one I want you to take and I want you to park it somewhere in your frontal part of your brain, as well as keeping it on the back burner so that it's front, center, and backward. By the way, you know, you know the name of the broadcast these days. We did straight talk, but we are calling it front and center talk right up front and in the center to get things moving. So, so listen to this, because this, this, if you apply it, you apply it, it makes a tremendous difference, and I want you to tell me how it does. So it says, the servants of Yitzchak dug in the valley and found there a well of fresh water. Now the Chofetz Chaim explains that the Torah elaborates on the well that Yitzchak found for what purpose? To teach you and I, my friend, that you should not give up in discouragement when you start something just because you run into difficulty. Don't despair. When Yitzchak dug and did not find water, what did he do? Well, that's it. I tried. Okay, time to go home. Back to uh, back, you know, back back home. He didn't do that. He didn't despair. He dove into Parishborough. He kept digging in other places until what? Until he finally found what he was seeking. When others quarreled with him and took over his well, Yitzchak Zinu still did not become discouraged. He continued his digging until he finally found a well with water that he was able to use in peace, and he called the area Rechavot. This encouraged the Helena Chofetz Kayim is mamish a practical lesson for all, all areas of our life. And this applies to Ruth and Gashmi's members, to Torah studies, and to business. Be persistent when things do not work out the first, at first the way you want or wish them to be. Especially when beginning to study Torah, don't give up if you find it difficult at first. Beautiful words from the Chofetz Chaim on the Torah. The reason that many people fail to accomplish something low lenu because they give up too soon. You have the determination to keep trying, the 
Beata the Shemaya, with a cut of yourself, eventually you will succeed. What is it something that you want to succeed in that you feel you just don't know if you want to try and that's it. What's something that you want to be successful at, but you haven't quite gotten into maybe thinking about not trying so hard or not trying at all? Anything like that, you want to talk to me about it, let's schmooze it out. 718 683 remember to send your contribution to Jim Radio and support them because they do listen to you, as we all do right here on J-Root Radio. And don't forget to tune in uh, every week at this time to hear uh, this broadcast and all the other great broadcasts on J-Root Radio. And don't forget to also listen to um, the, um, the material that we do on uh, TLS, the Lakewood Scoop. They're also a very, very fine outlet for, uh, for news and information. And uh, they do carry very often a lot of things we do here. J-Root, we want to thank them for that. We want to thank J-Root Radio, our producer, Iran, and our executive director, um, who will remain nameless at the moment, but everybody knows who he is, and uh, we want to thank him very much. Send any contribution to J-Root. Call, make a pledge today, 718-683-5858. Something that you'd like to ask me or talk about, bounce it off me, and we'll bounce it back to you. 718 Otherwise, until the next time, my coaching lines are open, and you can reach me at 848 221 848-221-4605. You can plug into my MVT program, the Meaning, Value, and Purpose program, where you are the MVT, the most valuable player in making the decisions to do the right thing, to do the Russian Hashem. You can reach me at 848-221-4605 or E-I-C-H-L-E-R Media at gmail.com. So what I wanted to leave you with was a great Kaddish, Hanukkah. All the issues that happen on Hanukkah begin to come into play with Rosh Kaddish Kislev. It's a time of Nisan. So let's use this time to bring the Hashbaz from Hanukkah into our own lives by lighting up the world with the light of Torah. Good night, New York, and good morning, usual. I am in the words of Hillel. The rest is commentary. Now go and learn.